Psalm 13:6. I will sing to the Lord, because He has dealt bountifully with me. Gentle and lowly, the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers. Day nine, an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. First John, chapter two, verse one. A closely related notion. To intercession instead of advocacy, the two ideas overlap, but there is a slightly different nuance to the Greek words underlying each. Intercession has the idea of mediating between two parties, bringing them together. Advocacy. Is similar, but has the idea of aligning oneself with another. An intercessor stands between two parties. An advocate doesn't simply stand in between the two parties, but step over and joins the one party as he approaches the other. Jesus is not only an intercessor. But an advocate, and like intercession, advocacy. Um, could you how to read it? Advocacy. Advocacy. Okay, advocacy is a neglected teaching in the church today, and it flows straight from the depth of Christ's very heart. Julian wrote a book on Hebrew chapter seven verse twenty five, the key text for Christ's heavenly intercession. He also wrote on one. Uh, he also wrote one on First John chapter two verse one, the key text for Christ's heavenly advocacy, which reads, "My little children." I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the, the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The New Testament's message of grace is not normally indifferent. The gospel calls us to leave sin. John explicitly. Says that he wrote this letter so that his reader may not sin, and if that was the soul, solo, how to read it? So, soul. And if that was the sole message of the letter, that would be a valid and appropriate summons. What is summons? Summons is like. Asking someone to be here, kind of to、um, be here. Yeah, to summon some someone is to ask them to to call them. Summons、mm. is a call, kind of. Okay. 召唤召唤 Oh, summons. 
But what crushes? We need not only exaltation but liberation. We need not only Christ as a king, but Christ as a friend, not only over us but next to us, and that's what the rest of the verse gives us. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The Greek word translated in First John chapter two verse one. As advocate, yes, used five times in the New Testament. The other four are all found in the upper room discourse in John, chapter fourteen to sixteen, each time referring to the ministry of the Holy Spirit after Jesus ascends to heaven. It's difficult to capture the meaning of. Parakletos, with just one English word. The difficulty is reflected in the diversity of translations, including helper, advocate, counselor, comforter, and companion. Wow. Many of these translations contain a textual footnote giving alternate renderings, reflecting the difficulty of capturing paragloto with one English word. The idea is that what is that of someone who appears on behalf of another. Perhaps advocate comes closest. Of all our English words in expressing the role of a paracletos, early theologians such as Tertullian and、uh, Anguistian, writing in Latin frequently, translated paracletos in the New Testament with advocates. The text of First John goes on immediately to say that Jesus is also the propitiation for our sins. What is propitiation? Propitiation? I'm not sure. Let me just look it up.、Mm-hmm. Or appearing, appeasing a god, spirit, or person. So to appease. Appease. Jesus. Is the appeasement for our sins.、Mm. Jesus as our propitiation means that he assuages or turns away the just wrath of the Father toward our sins. What is assuage? Assuage. Assuage means to make better. Oh, okay. It is a legal term, an objective one. Christ as our advocate may have a faint legal connotation, but more frequently, in literature outside the New Testament in early times, it has to do with something more subjective. Expressing deep solidarity, Jesus shares with us in our actual experience. 
He feels what we feel. He draws near, and he speaks up longingly on our behalf. Who is this advocate for? The text tells us. Anyone. The only qualification needed is desire. When will we receive this advocacy? The text tells us. It does not say we will have an advocate, but we have an advocate. All those in Christ have, right now, someone speaking on their behalf. Why is this advocate able to help us? The text tells us, "He is righteous. He and he alone. We are unrighteous. He is righteous. Even our best repenting of our sin is itself plug plugged with more sin, needing more forgiveness. To come to the Father without an advocate is hopeless." To come to the Father without an advocate is helpless. Hopeless. To be aligned with an advocate, one who come who came and sought me out rather than waiting for me to come to him, one who is righteous in all the ways I'm not. This is calm and confidence before the Father. Let's look more deeply at the difference between Christ's intercessions and his advocacy by noting the difference between Hebrews, chapter seven, verse twenty-five, and First John, chapter two, verse one. Hebrews chapter seven, twenty-five says that Christ always lives to make intercession for us. Whereas First John chapter two verse one says, "If anyone does sin, we have an advocate." Do you see the difference? Intercession is something Christ is always doing, while advocacy is something he does associate. He does as occasion, occasion calls for it. Intercession is something Christ is always doing, while advocacy is something He does as occasion calls for it. Apparently, He intercedes for us given our general sinfulness, but He advocates for us in the case of specific sins. Brian explains it like this: Christ as priest. Goes before and cries as an advocate comes after. Cries as a priest continually intercedes. Cries as advocate in case of great transgression pleads. Cries as priest has need to act always, but cries as advocate sometimes only. Cries as priest acts in time of peace. But Christ, as advocate, in times of broils, what is broils? Um, like, I guess turmoil, like storms, maybe.、Uh, broils, turmoils, and sharp contentions. Wherefore, Christ, as advocate, 
Unless I may call him, I reserve, and his time is then to rise, to stand up and plead. When his own are closed with some filthy sin that of late they have fallen into. Note the personal nature of Christ's advocacy. It is not a static part of his work. His advocacy rears up when occasion requires it. The Bible nowhere teaches that once we have been savingly united with Christ, we will find the grievous things to be a thing of the past. On the contrary, it is our regenerate state that his that has more deeply sensitized us to the impropriety of our sins. Our sins feel far more sinful after we have become believers than before, and it's not only our field perception perception of our sinfulness. We do indeed continue to sin. After becoming believers, sometimes we sing big things, and、uh, that's what Christ's advocacy is for. It's God, all God's way, of encouraging us not to throw in the towel. What is towel? Towel is um, washing bay. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, not to throw in the towel. Yes, we fail, quite as his disciples built his advocacy on our behalf rises higher than our sin. His advocacy speaks louder than our failures. All is taken care of. When you sin, remember your legal standing before God because of the work of Christ. But remember, also your advocate before God because of the heart of Christ. He rises up and defends your cause. Ah,、uh, defends your cause based on the merits of his own sufferings and death. Your salvation is not merely a matter of a saving formula, but of a saving person. When you sing, his strength of resolve rises all the higher. When his brothers and sisters fail and stumble, he advocates on their behalf because it is who he is. He cannot bear to leave us alone, to fend for ourselves. Consider your own life. How do you think about Jesus' attitude towards that dark pocket? Of your life that only you know. The overdependence upon alcohol, the lost temper, time and again, the shady business, your uh shady business about your finance, the inveterate people pleasing. What is inveterate? I'm not sure. Do you want me to look it up? Uh huh. Okay. Having a particular habit, activity, or interest that is 
long established and unlikely to change. Okay, okay. Inveterate people pleasing. That looks to other like niceness, but which you know to be fear of men. The in entrenched resentment that burst. How to read it? Burst. Burst. Burst out in behind the back accusation. And what does that mean? This sentence. The enraged, entrenched resentment that burst out in behind the back accusation. Um. So sometimes if you resent someone, but you don't tell them in front of them, you instead you go behind their back and accuse them because you're so angry. Oh, I see. The habitual use of uh, pornography. Who is Jesus in those moments of spiritual blankness? Note, who is he once you conquer the sin? But who is he in the midst of it? The Apostle John says he stands up and defies all accusers. Satan had the first word, but Christ the last. Wrote Brian, Satan must be speechless after a plea of our advocate. Jesus is our parasite, our comforting defender, the one nearer than we know, and his heart is such that he stands and speaks in our defense when we sing. Not after we get over it. In that sense, his advocacy is itself our conquering of it. We are indeed called to forsake our sins, and no healthy question would suggest otherwise. When we choose to sin, we forsake our true identity as a child of God. We invite misery into our lives, and we displease our heavenly Father. We are called to mature into deeper levels of personal holiness as we work with the Lord. True consecration. What is consecration? Consecration is. Kind of like dedication, I think. Okay. True consecration, new vistas of the of obedience. What is new vistas of obedience? Vistas. I'm not sure what vistas means, but I think it's just like new frontiers of obedience. Mm-hmm. But when we don't, when but when we don't, when we choose to sin. Though we forsake our true identity, our Savior does not forsake us. These are the very moments when His heart erupts on our behalf, in renewed advocacy, in heaven with a resounding defense that silences all accusations, astonishes the angels, and uh, celebrates. The Father's embrace of us, in spite of all our miss, missness. 
What kind of question does this doctrine create? Fallen humans are natural self-advocates. It flows out of us, self-exaltation, self-defending. We do not need to teach young children to make executes, executes when they are caught misbehaving. There is a natural building mechanism that immediately kicks into gear to explain why it wasn't really their fault. Our fallen heart intuitively manufacture reasons that our case is not really that bad. The fall is manifested not only in our sinning but in our response to our sinning. We minimize, we excuse, we explain away. In short, we speak, even if our only in our heart, in our defense, we advocate for ourselves. What if we never needed to advocate for ourselves because another had undertaken to do so? What if that advocate knew exhaustively just how fallen we are, and yet at the same time was able to make a better defense for us than we ever could. No blame, shifting, or excuses. The way our self-advocacies tend to operate, but perfectly just pointing to his all-sufficient sacrifice and the sufferings on the cross is in our place, we would be free, free of the need to defend ourselves. To bolster our sense of worth through self-contribution, to quietly parade before others our virtues in painful subconscious awareness of our inferiorities and weakness. We can leave our case to be made by Christ, the only righteous one. Brian put it best. Christ gave for us the price of blood, but that is not all. Christ as a captain has conquered death and the grave for us, but that is not all. Christ as a priest intercedes for us in heaven, but that is not all. Sin is still in us and with us and mixes itself with whatever we do. Whether what we do be religious or civil, for not only our prayers and our sermons, our hearings and preaching, but our houses, our shops, our trees, and our beds, all are poured within with sin. All are polluted with sin. Nor does the devil, our night and day adversary, forbear to tell our bad deeds to our Father urging that we might forever be disinherited for this.
What is disinherited for this mean here? Disinherited means um, disowned. Mm -hmm. But what should we now do if we had not an advocate? Yes, if we had not one who would plead. Yes, if we had not one that could prevail and that would faithfully execute that office for us. Why? We must die. But since we are rescued by him, let us, as to ourselves, lay our hand upon our mouth and be silent. Do not minimize your sin or excuse it away. Raise no defense. Simply take it to the one who is already at the right hand of the Father advocating for you on the basis of his own wounds. Let your own unrighteousness in all your darkness and disappear drive you to Jesus Christ, the righteous, in all his brightness and sufficiency. It's the end of today's reading, chapter 9, and advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Any thoughts for today's reading? Is anything stand out to you? I think just the fact that um, while we are, whenever we are sinning, Christ is advocating for us because a lot of the time, like, for me, I feel like um, when I'm sinning, Christ must be mad at me or something. But instead, or like, um, instead he is actually advocating for me and pleading on my behalf, I guess. Yeah, with the price of his blood. Yes. Yeah. What was so here? They talks about uh, the difference between advocate and uh, intercession. Can you tell the difference? Um, I think they said that intercession is something that happens like all the time whereas advocacy only happens when whenever there's some particular sin like it's a ah. it only happens occasionally so for intercession like every time we like want to connect with god uh, jesus christ is the intercession uh, yeah. intercede for us uh, regardless that like whatever we talk it could be something good it could be worship it could be praising but advocate is the time when we do something wrong yeah okay got it mm -hmm. yeah. the thing stand out to me is the character diversity of God, who he is in page 88, 
and says he is a helper, advocate, counselor, comforter, and a companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah, it's maybe like very like the question we talked the last time. Have you ever interceded for someone? Have you ever advocated for someone? Mm. I think for my brother, I have advocated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Lu, Andrew, and uh, Yifu? How do you think about today's topic? to sleep okay i'm glad my voice is uh, comforting <laughs> okay how about you andrew and lu anything stand out to you not really now sorry no problem <laughs> Glad you didn't say you want to sleep too. But if you even you want to sleep, I feel it's my pleasure. <laughs> okay, how about you? Um, uh, Jujin, is there anything else you yeah. would like to discuss? So the um message that, uh, Christ is, uh, Christ is a big comfort to us. Like stands out to me, like when, um, well when we feel um some sometimes we um i feel uh down or feel um anxiety or worried um and go to christ to seek for peace and uh, wisdom and uh, comforting uh, it's a very healthy way uh, to do that yeah yeah Absolutely. And the book we are reading, if, uh, if you don't have the background about this book, it's, it's called Gentle and Lowly, the Heart of Christ for Sinner and Surfer. So when we, it, it helps us to understand who God is, who Jesus is. Then he's always like stand by, want to comfort, want to provide companionship when the time we are done. Thanks for sharing the background. Uh, and actually the the title uh, of this book like uh, attracts me <laughs> to uh, to come to this uh, uh, the session. <laughs> oh really? Oh great. Yeah, gentle and lonely. But uh, but actually I I I, I thought it was uh, gentle and slowly. Slowly. <laughs> I now realize it is slowly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you you think as a. It is still good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so it's from the Bible verse. Come to me, who who are heavy laden. Um. Uh, my because my yoke is the light. My heart is gentle. I think it's something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah actually, at the beginning, come to me, all who labor and uh, are heavy 
maiden, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, exactly the goal, the purpose of this book is to give people rest. So if uh, you do the right thing, if you can fall asleep after listening. Okay, so Zhu Jun, anything else you would like to discuss for today's chapter? Um, I can't think of anything else. Okay, great. So thank you everyone for joining today and hope you have a good night. Good night. Thank you, Eva and Chu Jun. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.